Ticket stubs and cassette tapes. I'm Andy and I'm your host. Alright, so so far in the Halloween franchise, uh, we've we've done the original 1978 Halloween. In my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, horror movie of all time. Um, it's certainly in my top ten favorite movies of all time. I think it's iconic. I think it's a classic. I think that... You know, John Carpenter is such a legendary director, filmmaker. Um, You know, he's just, he has a flavor of his own when it comes to horror movies. And um, what he did with that original story that, you know, he wrote, um, I think is, it's forever in the zeitgeist of pop culture. And, um, you know, it's just a movie I love. Uh, and then we did uh, Halloween 2018, which is David Gordon Green's uh, direct follow-up, direct sequel uh, to the original 1978 Halloween. So 2018 obviously uh, you know, disregards all of the sequels that came before it, mostly because you know those sequels, they get out there. Um, there's a couple of different timelines in the sequels. You've got the... The Halloween 2, Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and Halloween 6 timeline. You've got the Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, and Halloween Resurrection timeline. Um, Those are two separate timelines, so H2O and Resurrection completely disregards Halloween uh, 4, 5, and 6. Um, You have Rob Zombie's uh, remake uh, and the sequel to that. And so, I think um, what David Gordon Green and Danny McBride set out to do with Halloween 2018 was to make, you know, a sequel to the original 1978 Halloween, disregarding everything, including Halloween 2, that sort of did away with the extra bit of storylines that you got with that, Uh, I think probably most specific, specifically, excuse me, the, uh, the thorn, uh, you know, whole storyline, the cult of thorn, uh, Jamie, uh, sorry, Jamie, uh, Lori being, um, Michael Myers sister, you know, he wanted to do away with that and just carry it back to its roots, which I personally am a fan of. I like Halloween too. I like Halloween four. I think after that it gets pretty muddy with the sequels. Um, but I, I'm, I personally am very happy that 
that this happened. I like and I always liked an idea of a, of a sequel directly following up um, from the original 1978 movie. I thought that it was always an interesting idea, and I'm glad somebody did it. You know, I never thought in my wildest dreams that anybody would make Halloween 2 um, non-canon. I, I, in my opinion, I thought the whole Michael and, and Lori being brother and sister um, storyline was too embedded in everybody's brain um, for them to do that, but they've done it, and, and I think, in my opinion, successfully. I know a lot, of, I, well, maybe not a lot, but I know there are people out there who would disagree with that. Um, and listen, that's not to say that every year in October it gets fall time. I can't go back and watch Halloween 2 or Halloween 4. It's got nothing to do with that. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, it It's just that I would, I really always wanted to see a, a, a storyline from start to finish that didn't go down the road of either the cult of thorn or what you got in resurrection, which was in my opinion, the worst Halloween movie ever made. Um, and that's what you got with the original storyline. And then if you go to Rob Zombie's remake, which is totally its own thing in the sequel to that, um, you know, for me personally, I don't like those films very much. Especially his H2, Halloween 2. I, I don't care for it at all. Uh, I've seen it one time. I saw it in theaters uh, when I was in high school. And to be honest with you, this is not a, a word I use very much when it comes to film. But I, I hated it. Now, it's that's a strong word to use. And I, and I don't know if I hate it in the same sense of, you know, hate you know, that we have in the, you know, like in the real world, but I just didn't connect with anything in that movie. So when it comes to Halloween, we just haven't had any good finishes to anything. You know, I, I would, I would say that Halloween two could be a good ending to the story. Although, personally, I've never been a big fan of the Laurie and, and Michael being brother and sister. And that's what's always bothered me about that film. I think that it takes away from the mystique of the character. So, with Halloween 2018, I thought it was a pretty good follow-up sequel to that original. I, I do. Uh, is it a little bit more of a modern horror movie style than the original? Sure. But... You know, I thought that I would mind that. I thought that that would be an issue for me, and it really wasn't when I watched the movie. Um, I may have mentioned this when I did the the watch along, but I'll mention it again. One of the biggest things that has made um, that made Halloween 2018 work for me was Michael Myers. They nailed Michael Myers. They nailed the mask. They nailed the mannerisms. They nailed the mystique of the character. I thought that there was some pretty good tense moments in the film, especially when you get into the later half 
I thought that uh, the opening of the film was very well done. It was something a little different. And I think that they really got the fall atmosphere pretty, pretty, pretty well. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, it's not as probably as strong as like a Halloween 4 or the original. But they did a pretty good job, I thought, with, with the atmosphere. Could have could have had some more shots at night with Michael, um, where he was a little bit more in the shadows and stuff. But I thought they got the character right, and I liked what they did with Lori. And for the most part, with that movie, the negatives that I have uh, don't overshadow the positives. I think the positives win, and that for me is pretty much sort of the the guide I use to whether or not I I like a movie, I enjoy it, want to rewatch it. And I find myself, you know, so far in the 4 years since Halloween 2018 has come out, I find myself wanting to revisit that movie, you know, at least once a year when it gets Halloween time. So yeah, I mean it, it it's it's a pretty solid movie. And I think that that's important to say that, right? Because in this day and age, and I'm sorry I'm taking up a lot of time here at the beginning. We'll, we'll get to Halloween Kills here in a, in a minute. Um, but I think in this day and age, it's important to say when you think a movie is solid, right? It it doesn't have to be, you know, a complete hit or miss. And that's sort of the day and age we live in right now, uh, you know, where something's a 10 or it's a zero for most people. Right. We live in the, uh, the love or hate sort of generation of movies right now. That's sort of what we're in. We either love it or we hate it. And I see, and I see both sides of that all the time. I see movies come out and, uh, you know, for instance, Marvel movies. Seems like every Marvel movie that comes out. It's the best movie ever made. 10 out of 10. We love it. We love it. We love it. In reality, some of those movies are good. Mediocre to good. Decent. Somewhere in that range. But they're going to get all the praise in the world because they're Marvel. Some movies come out and are really, really good. Re- you know almost on the cusp of great and people will say they're the best thing ever made some things come out and they're pretty decent they're pretty good can be even mediocre and people say they're horrible horrible movies and that's sort of just what we live in now you know nowadays that's sort of the 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 attitude about movies and the and the movie going experience people want one or the other that that's that's the scale that things are judged on for halloween 2018 i think you had a lot of it was really great you had a few people that it fell on the scale of not not good at all for me it's a solid movie that's where i would put it i, I don't really rate things i've said that before I've, I've attempted it here but i think it's a solid movie it's a solid movie. It's a fun rewatch. 
I think it's respectful to the original. And really, I don't need it to be the second coming of Shawshank Redemption. I don't need it to be as good as the first one. I just, just be a solid movie. That's all I need. You may think that's setting the bar too low. And to that, I'll tell you, we've had, what is it, like 10 other Halloween movies besides the original, and none of them have been as good as the original. So why 40 years later would I expect one to come out and all of a sudden just break that barrier? I wouldn't. So, first of all, before we get into Halloween Kills, sorry for the rambling there. I'm sort of just getting some things together here, getting ready for the watch. Um, A trailer just dropped a a few days ago for Halloween Ends. So, this is the last movie in the the Blumhouse Halloween trilogy. Um you know, or, you know, you can look at it as the Halloween quadrilogy with the original Halloween and then 2018 kills and ends. This is the last one. Now, will it be the last Halloween movie ever made? Nope. Not a chance. Now the rights are leaving Blumhouse. Uh, after this movie, they're going to go back to Malika Cod. Um, and who knows what they'll do with it. But they'll do something with it. Now, will they make a sequel to this movie, to these movies? I doubt it. In my personal opinion, it doesn't matter how he ends, wraps up. You know, the character of Michael, he's, I mean, pushing 80 years old at this point. Not not quite, but, you know, he's in his 70s, right? And even though there's this mystique to the character, is he supernatural or not? You know, he's not Jason. He's not Freddy. He's not some, some you know, villain that can just keep coming back as a zombie and live forever. Um, unless they want to make him that way, in, in which case it will completely dull the character. And I don't think there will be any interest in it. But um, there's a shelf life to the longevity of the character as far as one storyline, right? Now, could they go back and do an anthology series like they did with Halloween 3 Season of the Witch? Sure, it would work a lot better in this day and age than it did in 1982. It just would. I love, well, I shouldn't say love. I really, really like Halloween 3. I've always been a big fan of it. I understand why it didn't do well originally. Uh, given the time, given the the marketing during the time. Um, So I get it. But I think in this day and age, it would do a lot better, especially with streaming, even though I'm a theatrical guy. So I would love to see Halloween stay theatrical um, if, if, if it could be. But if you could do a TV show or something as well, I'd be fine with that. I'm not going to sit here and speculate on what they will do or could do. I don't know, but I just know they will do more. There will be more Halloween. Listen, Anybody who's listening to this podcast right now, Michael Myers, um, maybe not in one direct storyline, he's not going to be 200 years old at some point, but Michael Myers will outlive me and you both. They will make Michael Myers movies, whether they be 10, 15, 20 years apart, it doesn't matter. They will make them uh, till the end of time because they are horror movies 
that you can make for nothing and you can make a bunch of money off of them. It's an IP. It's a property that's well known. Uh, it gets butts and seats in theaters. You know, it sells tickets and that's, that's what matters, you know? Um, and I'm fine with that as long as they put out a good product. I'm perfectly fine with that. I've never been a person that says you should stop here because you're out of creative juices. Look, if they can put out stuff and it's really good, I, keep going. That's why I say with Marvel, keep going as long as it's good. In my personal opinion, I'm already starting to like drop off of the Marvel stuff. But look, if the fans enjoy it and it's good and it makes money, nothing else matters, you know? To me personally, that's, that's, you've literally encapsulated like everything that's important right there. If it makes money, if the fans like it, if it's not cheap, horrible quality, um, then that's all that matters. It's entertainment. It's a money maker. It's business. It's show business. So it, like I said, it's got to make money, but you know, if you can keep doing something of quality, then keep going. That that's my opinion. Again, I don't think they should continue down the storyline of Michael Myers being 85, 90, 100 years old. I think you start to lose people pretty quickly on that. But uh, you'll you'll probably you'll lose me eventually. But um, yeah, I mean, if they can go do some fun stuff back in, you know, fill some gaps in the timeline, and you know, maybe do some TV shows or something, uh, do some anthology. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. All right, Halloween ends. We're, we're going to talk about this trailer really quickly um, and the rumors really quickly. Again, I know we're like 17 minutes in here, but you'll be able to skip ahead. I'll let you know uh, when the watch along is about to start. You just want to keep skipping ahead. But, you know, please don't. I've got some interesting things to say about this trailer. So the trailer for Halloween ends dropped just a few days ago. Um. It got leaked. Uh, spoiler alert. At least a decent... Well, not a decent portion, but... Some of the movies already been leaked in terms of plot points. Um, people didn't know if it was true. The trailer came out. The trailer came out with specifically a synopsis that confirmed... Or all but confirmed uh, that some of these rumors, these leaks are true. Uh, because there were leaks specifically for the trailer, um, Blumhouse dropped the trailer early. Uh, really, in the sense of it all, they just dropped it a few hours early. At but, but they dropped it at like ten thirty at night. Um, I you know I was sitting there like, wow, that's it, it's come out now. It's such a weird time. Um, there's not a whole lot in the trailer that you think. Uh, that one would think when they watch it, it looks like a real, I mean, honestly, it looks like a really good trailer. There's not much there. I mean, it's, there's some Michael, there's some Lori, there's some good lighting. I mean, it's, you know, there's some really good shots of Michael in the trailer. Um, you know, we see Allison, we see Hawkins, um, we see some new characters, specifically one that we're going to talk about here in just a second. But, um, what was interesting, what, what has got everybody talking is the synopsis along with the, um, along with the, the, the plot leaks 
plus the trailer. So all three of these things combined um, have created some some smoke around you know around this project and around this movie. Uh, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read you the synopsis and then I'm going to explain these leaks to you. Now, if you don't want, if you're the type of person that wants to go in knowing nothing, nothing at all, skip ahead. Just get, get, I'll tell you what, give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. Okay. Skip ahead like five minutes and we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, We'll we'll get into Halloween Kills here in a minute, but if you don't want to know anything, sorry, I'm sort of uh, stumbling along here. I'm looking into this. Okay, so here we go. Synopsis for Halloween Ends. I'm not going to watch the trailer here. You can watch the trailer on your own. Again, there's not much to it at, at first glance, but um, you can watch it on your own time. The synopsis that is, has been officially released by Blumhouse for Halloween Ends, this is it. Four years after her last encounter with masked killer Michael Myers, Lori Strode is living with her granddaughter and trying to finish her memoir. Myers hasn't been seen since, and Lori finally decides to liberate herself from rage and fear and embrace life. However, when a young man stands accused of murdering a boy that he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that forces Lori to confront the evil she can't control. All right. So you've got that, you've got the trailer, and you've got on IMDb, wherever you look, now, uh, there is a listing of a new character named Corey Cunningham. Uh, So here's why all of these things connect and are interesting. The leaks were that a new character called Corey... Uh, is going to be obsessed with Michael Myers in this movie. He is also Allison's boyfriend, for those who don't know. He's Lori's granddaughter's boyfriend, her new boyfriend. Um, But he is going to be obsessed with Michael Myers, and it's basically going to take him down a road where he is going to almost uh, assumedly going to become some sort of a copycat. Of Michael Myers. Now that was just a leaked rumor. Nobody believed it for the most part. But now, given this synopsis, given what we see in the trailer, and I'll explain that in a minute, and given the lit, he's now officially listed. There's an actor portraying him that's in the trailer. You see him in the trailer. Um, There's some smoke around this. And again, where there is smoke, there's usually fire. Um, so it's interesting. It, it really is interesting. So how the trailer plays into this, when the movie opens, there's a shot or excuse me, a scene of Michael breathing, coming into a house, uh, walking up the stairs, opening a door and my, and, and Lori is, uh, pointing a gun at him. Now you may already have been down this road and heard this, but just stay, stick with me here. Um, when he pushes the door open, it's with his left hand and he has all his fingers. Michael Myers in Halloween 2018 got two of those fingers blown off with a shotgun. Later on in the movie, we see Michael stab what looks to be a pillow and he's wearing a ring. 
when you see Corey in the trailer, when Michael is attacking him, uh, I assume, he has a ring on his finger. So, what it looks like is that this Corey character is going to be a copycat. He is going to put on a uh, a Michael Myers mask and the jumpsuit, and he is going to become a killer and attack Lori, at least, it looks like. Now, that's pretty much all we got so far. That's that's pretty much it. Um so how do we feel about that? How do I how do I feel about that? Um You know, when I when I first I didn't believe any of this at first, and then the trailer came out and then the synopsis came out and then it's getting kind of hard not to believe. The I, I tried to think of my real thoughts, um, what I really felt. I tried not to watch anybody else's opinion. I really just wanted to get my own um, account of it. By the way, if you skipped ahead five minutes, skip ahead another five minutes. <laughs> I apologize. We'll we'll get to Halloween Kills in a minute. Um, but I, I didn't want anybody else's opinion of this to influence mine. So I haven't been watching a lot of other YouTubers, uh, podcasters, whatever, you know, cover this topic because I'm really trying to, I've really been trying to form my own opinion on it. And I think what I've come to, what the conclusion I've come to with my opinion right now, and listen, I'm big on Go see a movie before you judge it. I'm not going to judge this movie at all before I see it. I'm not. I, I refuse to do that for movies. I think if you go in with preconceived notions, you cannot help but let those notions play on your opinion of the movie. You can't. It's it's n- almost near impossible. I, I, I think that a human being has to go in with a clean slate when they're going to see a movie. That's just how it is. I think that's the only way to give it a fair shot. Um, but I think what I've come to is that I am intrigued, but a little worried. I think that's the best way to put my feelings towards, towards this, this, these, this news, these rumors with what little bit of confirmation we have around them. I'm intrigued, but worried. Intrigued because it's something a little different. And this is four years after Halloween Kills and Halloween 2018, which take place on the same night. So I'm kind of glad, first of all, that it is because it gives us some room to grow and progress and let characters grow and progress, even though it's off screen. Um, And sort of do a reset after Kills. And everything that happened there, because, you know, in 2018, the only characters that we really know of that had gone through the Michael Myers horror night was Laurie and Hawkins back in 1978. Well, now all of Haddonfield's gone through it. So I've always thought it's going to be interesting to see how they react to it four years later, how they still act about it four years later. They've all been through it now. They've been through what Laurie had been through. Now, for the most part, she was sort of 
she sort of went through it by herself and had her, you know, best friend slaughtered. So it's a little different, but, um, you know, I've always thought that was really interesting and a good choice in my opinion. I don't think you could pull three movies out of one night in my opinion. Um, so I'm intrigued because it's something a little different and I don't think you could do just another movie of Lori trying to stop Michael or hunt down Michael or him hunting down her and him just randomly killing people in the town. I don't know that you could do another movie like that and, and people would enjoy for, enjoy it. You know, I think you have to do something a little different. Um, so I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because this is a very ballsy approach to, you know, the last movie in what you're saying is the, you know, pretty much the official now Halloween timeline. This is the last one. And I think that it's, it's a very gutsy approach. I think it's brave. Um, I'm worried because I don't know how all of us are going to respond to another guy walking around in Michael Myers, you know, costume, basically almost pretending to be Myers or a second Myers, um, and how that's all going to work out. Um, I'm not like overly worried about it. But it is worrisome, somewhat. I would be lying if I if I said it wasn't. Um. So I don't know. You know, we'll figure this out. We'll fit. We'll figure out. I think in the coming months a little bit more about it. The trailer gave nothing away itself as far as movement of plot, other than. You know, there's some new characters in here. Um. We've heard before that this movie is smaller scale. It's much smaller scale than like Halloween Kills. So, you know, it's going to be more of an intimate character driven story. Um, so I don't know. There's not, I don't think there's enough right now to go off of to say much more about it, to be honest. And look, here's the thing I'm not trying to influence anybody's opinion. Uh, especially this far out from the movie coming out, we still have, you know, what, two and a half months probably. So I'm, I'm certainly not trying to do that. Um, I'm excited for Halloween ends. I'm, I'm genuinely very excited. Uh, we'll see as more trailers come out, I will do more reviews of them and, and maybe we'll get just a little bit more information. Although I don't need much more. I, I am one of the people like you who's probably rejoining us right now. If you skipped ahead, I'm one of those people that I like to go in pretty much as blind as possible, except for I'm going to watch a trailer or two. I just am. Now, I'm not one of those people who is going to watch all the TV spots leading into it because to me, or the final trailer, like that's the big one you have to avoid, right? Because they will, they will literally just start handing you the movie in trailers and TV spots. Um, that's just the way modern TV and, and, uh, movie marketing is. I mean, they'll, they'll just start giving it to you because what they're really trying to do is use the best of their movie to grab, you know, those last few people who weren't going to see it, 
Um, they're trying to grab them and, and get them into the theater. Uh, it's sort of a last-ditch effort to get people there. So, um, in my opinion, for the hardcore fans of something, the first trailer pretty much is for you. First teaser, first full trailer is for you. Everything after that is not really for you. It's it's really trying to pull all those other people in. Um, so, I, I'm probably not going to watch much more. But I'll, I'll watch another full trailer. I think this was sort of a teaser. So I'll watch another full trailer and, and, and we'll break it down. We'll get our opinion on it. All right. Guys, sorry. I blew away a half an hour just talking about Halloween 2018 and the ends trailer and some other things. But now, now we're going to get into Halloween Kills. So Halloween Kills. I'm not going to give you any opinions on this movie beforehand. I'm going to start playing the movie, and we're going to go through it, you know, from start to finish. Um, look, there's going to be some pauses in time. I'm not going to pause the movie. Once I play it, I'm not pausing it until the movie's over. But uh, there's going to be some sort of pauses in the time where I'm not saying much. When I do that, it's not because I have nothing to say. It's because I think those are parts of, that's parts of the movie that, uh, I'm going to let play out, let you hear it, see it, and then sort of maybe talk about it in hindsight. I'm not just going to talk over the whole entire movie. I'm going to let some parts play out. That's kind of how this works. I probably should have, uh, prefaced that before I did the original Halloween, but if you go back and watch those, that's sort of the format of how I'm doing it. And I've enjoyed doing these so far. I hope you guys uh, who are listening are enjoying, uh, listening as well. So, Halloween Kills. I am watching this on HBO Max. Um, so, for those of you who have HBO Max, there is a built-in um, ad at the beginning. So, I skipped forward to uh, 17 seconds uh, on HBO Max, uh, which is past the the... Uh, ad at the beginning so now i'm seeing the hbo logo so i'm gonna play it 17 seconds and i'll tell you what for those of you who aren't watching on hbo max i'm gonna start playing right now at 17 seconds uh, on hbo max and then i'll sort of give you a reset point so that we can get synced up here in just a second um all right so at 23 seconds if you skip skip ahead to 23 seconds uh, if you're on HBO Max, skip ahead to 23 seconds. All right. Excuse me, 22 seconds. Sorry to be so precise. At 22 seconds, the official Universal logo is starting. So for those of you watching the Blu-ray uh, or whatever, this is on, this Universal opening is on, uh, it's on every version of the movie, obviously. So at 22 seconds is when we're getting the Universal logo is starting up. So... Um, I'm going to let everybody get synced up when you see the sort of the, the horizon of the earth of the universal logo. Uh, that is where we are starting. The, um, so get synced up here. Give you a few more seconds. All right. So at, so I'm going to count down here and we're going to click play and I'll give you some more reference points as we go along in case you are not synced up and you can sort of get in sync with us and, uh, watching, uh, doing a watch along on something like this is kind of hard because of the built-in ads and stuff. So it makes it a little harder to sync up. 
All right, I'm going to uh, click play and uh, in three, two, one. All right, so the Universal logo is coming up. We're hearing the music. The, uni- the word Universal is coming around the earth now. So this is sort of at least giving you a, a decent spot to, to jump in. We now see that Universal, a Comcast company. And now we're seeing, of course, the Miramax logo. And this is the Blumhouse little logo mini trailer. Blumhouse Productions. All right, right now we're seeing Universal Pictures, Miramax, and Blumhouse present. So this is a Malika Cod production right now. So again, you should get a decent idea of where we are in the movie right now if you want to get synced up. If you need to go back, pause this, go back, sync it up. You know, go go right ahead. I think I gave you enough reference points that you should be able to figure it out. So this movie picks up uh der- right after Halloween, uh excuse me, Halloween 2018. For those of you who uh didn't know that, I hope you've seen this movie so far. Because I'm going to talk over a lot of it and ruin it if you haven't seen it. So this is Cameron Obviously, the last time we saw him, him and Allison were in a fight. There we see Oscar. There's Hawkins. It's very interesting to me that Hawkins survived. I, I I never would have thought he would have. I'm glad he did, though. I thought it would have been a, a massive waste of Will Patton um, if he wouldn't have survived. It's a pretty solid opening here. You know, the... Alright, now now we're in the flashback. Haddonfield, Illinois. Halloween night, 1978. I'm just going to tell you right now, I love this whole thing. There's Michael. He looks phenomenal. This whole setting. The lighting. The way this is shot. The graininess. I mean, it is... They did a, a perfect job recreating this. They really did. I could watch a whole movie of just this, and I think most people feel that way. It is phenomenal the way this flashback sequence is shot. So here, obviously, we have young Hawkins sort of going back into his his backstory with Michael on that night. You 
again, we're going back to even the music of the original quite a bit, even though the, the music in, um, 2018 this movie and i'm assuming ends you know they're all john carpenter so it's still in the same vein a lot of the same score but new score added in but this utilizes the flashback sequence utilizes a lot of the original original score Man, it's just so hard to get over like how great this all looks. Again, they perfectly recaptured the nineteen seventy eight look. I like this building up, you know, the mystique of the character even more. This is a very interesting shot seeing how big Haddonfield is from here. I always thought that was sort of interesting. It's not massive or huge, but it's sort of cool to see that different sort of shot of Haddonfield. So here we have Lonnie, obviously was in the original movie. Sort of a bully of Tommy Dole. These kids are pretty horrible. When I first saw this, I was like, these kids are getting murdered. I'm surprised they didn't. I thought this was great, you know. Again, just building up tension. Pretty sure all this was done on a set, like a contained set. I don't know if it's all soundstage. I don't think it is. It would be really hard to do all this on a soundstage. But maybe, I'm not sure. Yeah, this is this is really good right here. Again, Michael looks great. The mask looks great. I mean, you you could almost legitimately say this was just deleted footage from the from the original movie. I mean, that's how well you know this whole sequence is shot. The 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 direct looking into the camera and saying the boogeyman, it always come off a little. It always comes off a little rough to me, personally. It was 
a little cheesy. I love the music cue and I love the line, the boogeyman. I just wish he wouldn't have looked directly into the camera and said it like that. Now, this Myers house is perfect. If you look outside or if you looked past Lonnie in that last scene, you could even see the car that Michael drove to Haddonfield that he stole from uh, Marion and, and Dr. Loomis. Pretty cool. But this Myers house recreation, incredible. Incredible. Every little detail they got down. I mean, they put a lot of work into this, and it shows. Dead Dog, we obviously know about it in the first movie, but we've never seen it till now. It's kind of a, I don't know if you want to call that an Easter egg, but interesting. Again, I love the tension, the music. I mean, it's it's great. It's, it really is. I'm not afraid to say it's great. It is it is great. What what is happening in the movie right now? The recreation here of uh, Judith Judith Myers' bedroom. And you see the broken glass there, obviously. This is where uh, footsteps there. This is the room that Myers and Brackett's, I mean, Loomis and Brackett stood in. Good scare here. Michael, obviously sort of attacking out of the darkness very good the music choreography of michael here it's all great I love that Michael just drops him and turns and walks away the way he does it. It's very good. I mean, they, they've really done a good service to, to Michael Myers, even when he was younger. The shooting in the neck, this is going to start sort of a trend in this movie I'm going to talk about. None of the characters in this movie knows how to properly use a gun, it seems like. Now, you hear Dr. Loomis. In the background. But I think this is a good backstory for Hawkins. I really do. It's cool that they did it this way. It would have been easy for him to just say this stuff, but it's cool. It's awesome to go back and show it.
Loomis here. This is not CGI or anything. This is just a character or an actor that's dressed up like Loomis doing the voice. He's very good. Very good. It's the best uh, representation of, of Loomis since Donald Pleasance. Um, this looks great. I love this. Loomis walking into the shot. Michael just standing there. All the guns pointed. This is very good. This is awesome. And now we're kicking into Halloween Kills. Cool title sequence. Look, everything that has happened in the movie so far, including this, is awesome. I'm so glad that they put this this flashback at the beginning of the movie. Um, this really set a really good tone for the movie. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, they set themselves up pretty well here at the beginning. And we'll get into the rest of the movie as it goes, but... I like the the plays on the theme music here with the little the voices added in the harmonies. It's pretty. It's interesting. It's very. I wouldn't say unique take on the uh, on the theme. We've heard it sort of a little bit before, but it's tension building. The the, the flaming pumpkins. It's all very cool. Um, I think one thing that can't be discounted either is the lettering there that comes from that original. It's very good. All right, we've skipped ahead now to present day or 2018. Mix bar. So these characters were in 2018. Obviously, we saw them in Michael's one take walk through of Haddonfield where he killed a couple of people, the nurse and the doctor. So now we're being reintroduced to, um, Tommy Doyle, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Wallace. These are uh, Marion Chambers. These are characters from the original movie. So, Kylie Richards re- returns as uh, Kylie Richards uh, as Lindsay Wallace, the little girl from the original movie. Same actress. Marion Chambers is played by the same actress. I forget her name. But um, Tommy Doyle is now played by Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, and the originally he was played by Brian Andrews. In the Halloween 6, he was played by Paul Rudd. So this is Anthony Michael Hall's take on the character. And this is uh, Lonnie. 
Not played by the same actor who played in the original, but same character. So I thought that this was a pretty interesting way and you'll have to excuse me there. I was sort of being silent because I spilled something. I was cleaning it up here, but I thought this was a pretty interesting way to sort of reintroduce the character of Tommy given this story. It's a pretty good story to tell. He, he does a pretty good job here. And he's sort of showing the effect that this had on him. Along with, you know, you see Lindsay and, and Marion holding hands here. I mean, they, look, they, I guess they have a bond. I'm sure they do after what happened to him. And you have to think about it. I mean, there were kids. You know, Marion wasn't. But they all had really close encounters with a murderer in a small town. I mean, they could have easily been killed. And I think that that would have an effect on anybody. So it's believable to me. Now, what we get into in this movie is do we need all these characters? You know, really probably not. I We'll 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 get down that road sooner rather than later, but It is cool to see them. I like the little flashback scenes here the from the first movie. This is from Halloween 2. The Annie, that's kind of interesting that they would add that, but The only thing that I've always thought about this is that the bus crashed in 2018. Michael Myers was on it. This is a small town, folks. People have already been killed. It seems like to me at this point, word would have already gotten out one way or the other about either the murders or Michael Myers getting at Michael Myers escaping in Haddonfield or both. Especially since they were in town, Lori was in town shooting into a house. There was shooting. Michael Myers was there. You would think word would have already spread, even if it was the police department was really trying to block the spread of information so there wouldn't be a massive freak out. You would really think that people would already be sort of locked up in their houses, but I can roll with it. It's not that big of a deal. All right, so we got the firefighters putting out the uh, the fire that Lori set in her own home.
And this is sort of where you know that this guy's... He's pretty much screwed. And we got... Michael coming out of the gun gun closet. And this is sort of the beginning of Michael's brutality in this movie. It is... The gore and the brutality, it ramps up quite a bit. This movie is called Halloween Kills, so you should expect nothing less. And I thought this was really cool. You know, Michael coming out of the burning house... The firefighters all getting up, like, you know, looking what is going on. This is a cool shot. Very cool shot. And Michael, he's going to be pretty brutal towards all of them. The only thing that I would say about this, if you, going back to what I said earlier about the the marketing for Halloween Ends, if you watch the trailers and the TV spots and all that for Halloween Kills, they showed so much of this sequence that we saw everything before the movie came out. It would have been really awesome to have seen none of that and just... The first time we ever saw it was in theaters. I kind of hate that that whole sequence was wasted in in the marketing, to be honest. All right, so now we got... Oh, Bracket. Bracket, first time we've seen him since... Well, technically since Halloween 2, but in this timeline since the first Halloween movie. He's now a security guard at Haddonfield Memorial. Karen here washing her hands, washing her wedding ring. You know, that was the one thing I always thought, like, why are, why are she, I mean, I know that they're in some dire circumstances here, but at this point they think Michael's dead. Why is she not grieving a little bit more for her husband? I guess the shock of it all, you know, changes the circumstances, but they don't seem to acknowledge it that much. I mean, your husband is dead. The father of your child is dead. For Allison, your father is dead. Like, there seems to be not a whole lot. I mean, you know, you get the shot of her crying. So I guess there is some, but I don't know. There's just not that much acknowledgement to the death of Ray. Of course, you're getting Lori here getting fixed back up. She got... She got it pretty good in Halloween 2018 with the the knife wounds and everything. 
you know, like right here, Dad's gone, he'll always be with us. It just, it didn't seem like enough for me. I, I just feel like if I was in my position and it was my dad, I would, I, I wouldn't, you know, be able to control myself for a little bit personally. Now, uh, now we're to this older couple. Um, I like this whole sequence a lot. This is, I thought this was really good. Again, it's just more sort of ramping up the brutality of Michael and showing you what kind of movie this is going to be. And building up some tension here. Not a lot, but a little bit. But again, we saw so much of this in the trailers. You know? This is what I'm saying about the trailers, folks. You gotta avoid as much as you can. I'll cover some of it just for you guys. But, uh, who, who wanna listen, but... In reality, if you if you can control yourself, avoid as much as you can. A lot of this stuff gets shown to you, even if it's not like plot spoilers. It's just showing you large parts of the movie that takes away the tension when you're actually watching the movie because you've already seen quite a bit of what happens. Thought that was cool with him turning on the light and Michael busting it out. That's pretty cool. And just the brutality of Michael. I mean, it is... Like I said, it ramps up quite a bit. And you can really feel the terror in this woman. That would be a sight to see in your home. Especially given what just happened. And Michael showing some of his creativity. This is sort of the signature of Michael Myers. What a, I mean, it's just a brutal kill. Again, they showed it in the trailer. So, you know, there's not much left up to the imagination with these kills, but they showed it in the trailer. I do like how she's moving around and he's just standing in one spot looking in one direction. You know, his eyes aren't following her, his head's not following her. This right here, this this one shot over the shoulder of her, sort of showing almost a POV shot of what's happening to her husband and there's nothing she can do about it and you and it never focuses. It never focuses in on Michael. Or what's happening, it never zooms in. 
you just can hear it. You can see it out of focus. The music cue here, the what, what Michael is doing. This is all very well done. The way he's sort of looking at what he's doing, almost like he's testing out knives. I mean, it's all very brutal. The footsteps of Michael, everything that went into that, very well done. Again, props to James Jude Courtney for his work in these movies. He's an incredible Michael Myers. He truly is the perfect follow-up to a Nick Castle, you know, 40 years later. So here, some of you probably learned that Lonnie is Cameron's dad. It actually was revealed in 2018 when they're eating dinner with Allison's parents. I like this. I like the camaraderie between the characters. I really do. I enjoy that. Now this right here, we're going back to some scenery Michael left behind in 2018. This is the what I refer to as the useless sheriff. I mean, in, in these two movies, this sheriff is, is 100% just useless. Excuse me. It's nothing against the actor. The way this character was written... Doesn't make a lot of sense to me personally. But I like this. The the after effects. I'm glad that they cut away from Michael and the firefighters when they did. And now we just get to see the, the, the after effects. You know, that's sort of the thing with Michael. Seeing what he has left behind. The trail that he's left behind. So now they're obviously finding out more about Michael and that he's escaped and the murders. I like how they zoom out here when it shows Michael, that's, or excuse me, goes out of focus so you can't see his face. That's a pretty, pretty cool way to do it.
I like this here, this news report showing and them sort of them sort of uh remembering, you know, nineteen seventy eight again. Now we're we're about to kick off a little storyline I've got some issues with. We'll we'll talk more about it, but yeah, it, I've watched this movie. I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I've watched it three four times since it came out. And uh, every time I watch this, it just doesn't get any better, the whole added storyline here. So, you know, you've already seen the movie. If you're watching this, we'll get into it a little bit. You know, this is... We know this is not Michael. This is one of the the uh, escaped patients that escaped on the bus with Michael. It was the guy from 2018 who had the umbrella, and his picture was just on the TV a few minutes ago, and... And you know now they're going to go down this rabbit hole of chasing this guy thinking he's Michael and this whole mob mentality and evil dies tonight, which they're going to say over and over again. And it it sort of reminds me of um, like Canto Bite in The Last Jedi, for those of you who are Star Wars fans. It just goes nowhere and it takes up so much of the movie. Um it doesn't really add anything to the movie much at all. It's some, you know, it's just sort of some overarching theme to the movie about mob mentality. And uh, you know, when you can fit themes, I don't want to say agendas into movie and they work for that movie and it's it's executed well, then fine. I just don't think it was done very well in this movie. There's also something, a couple of things I've pointed out so far, but I'll continue to point out. You know, there's some parts to this movie that get a little campy, but then there's also seriousness to this movie where they try to they try to mix in these themes of, like I said, these overarching themes about mom mentality and trauma and stuff like that. And... To me, it doesn't really work when uh, it doesn't really work when you're trying to be serious yet campy in some areas. Um, I think you have to pick one. I really do, and that's my opinion. And these these themes and narratives and the way that some of the stuff that in, in this movie happens the way, it, the way it happens, some of the stuff just clashes. It doesn't flow together, um, with the seriousness. And then some of the campiness, it just doesn't flow very well. And it, and it sort of bogs down the movie. And when you hear people that have sort of a negative opinion of this movie or most anybody who people who even like this movie, you're always going to hear pretty much the same opinion about this stuff. And we'll get more into it. So this is the the Myers house modern day. You have a 
a couple living here. I thought they did a good job bringing the Myers house back into uh, this movie and modernizing it. Not changing really the house, but, you know, the interior is a little different, obviously. But the design of it, I thought they did a good job bringing it back into the movie, to be honest. I, I did enjoy seeing the sort of the modern Myers house. Um, these actors, they're not bad. This guy, I forget his name, is it Michael McDowell or something like that? I'm a, I mostly know him from Mad TV. I've I've seen him in pretty much only I've ever the only stuff I've ever seen him in is comedy stuff. I was a little concerned when I saw him in this movie because I was like, oh man, you know. It feels like there's going to be some forced comedy in here. And you know what? He honestly did a pretty good job. I don't think that uh, it was over the top or anything. I did like this here where they <laughs> explain the backstory of the Myers house and, and Michael, you know, and how it scares the kids. I thought it was, it was a nice little addition, kind of humorous as well. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, this is kind of a again a funny little scene. They're establishing the Myers house and who lives in it now, sort of setting up some stuff for a little later in the movie. Some of the stuff I'm almost trying to anticipate what's about to happen. Like I said, I haven't seen this movie in a while, so some of this is not new to me, but sort of coming back to me. This right here I never fully understood. I'm not really sure why. They would just leave this 
the blinds on this window open for people to just look at the corpses, somebody to stumble across a loved one, which is going to happen in the movie. Never fully understood that, to be honest. I don't think, I don't think hospitals just leave morgues open to the public like that. So this is setting up something interesting about, like, did Michael come specifically to Lori? And we know that he didn't, you know, Sartain brought him, like she's saying right now, Sartain brought them together. And I think that's going to play a big part in the Halloween ends, you know. He's not specifically looking for Lori. She just got sort of put in his path. I don't, you know, we don't even know if he recognizes her from 1978. I would say he probably does. I would think he does, for sure, but we don't really even know. Her what scream was a little over the top there for me. Not a big deal, but I did notice that the first time I watched this. So the whole, it it seems like the whole idea of all this is that they're thinking he's coming to the hospital, he's coming to the hospital, he's coming after Lori. And we're learning that, he, no, he's not. He has no specific desire to kill Lori. He's just on a meaningless path. You know, there's no pattern. You know, he's there's no pattern. There's no rhyme nor reason. Which, of course, they're going to find out by the end of the movie. I feel like I like Karen a little bit more in this movie. She comes off a little annoying in parts like that right there. You know, do you have security guards? It seems like you should have security guards. I mean, I know she's freaking out. In the first movie, she got a little annoying to me with all the, you know, mom, you're sick. Mom, you ruined my life. It seems like you would recognize, given the facts, given the hard facts that that Michael had escaped, the bus crashed, and your mother 
was dealing with PTSD and and it, it seems like you could set aside whatever beliefs you have about everything that's happened and going on, even though you weren't around when all this happened in 1978, it seems like you could set that aside just to sort of help your mother. But she, she never really did until it became real for her until Michael actually showed up literally on the front doorstep and their daughters, you got, you know, their daughter got put at risk. Um, but I do I do like Karen more in this movie than I did in 2018 personally. Again, so far with the the recurring characters or the returning characters, I'm sorry, I should say, I'm still fine with everything. I I think that if they would have just stopped chasing the the not Michael Myers character patient by this point, it would have been fine. And I actually like the idea of sort of a mob mentality come rising up to defeat Michael and. I think that's interesting. I I don't know that I love how it was executed in this movie, but it's an interesting concept. We sort of saw it in Halloween 4. Again, something similar happened. They killed an innocent man. Um, But... You know, Tommy Doyle comes across a little, all of these people come across a little aggressive, but I guess I could understand. They keep zooming in on this bat as though it plays a large factor into this movie, and it really doesn't. I'm not really sure why they keep taking the time to zoom in on it. All right, so uh, again, the th- the fates of the three characters that are still in the car, Marion and the couple, all spoiled in the trailers. This scene right here, this whole thing, all in the trailers. Everything about this sequence of events was in the trailers except for specifically how the characters were killed. But the framing of their bodies afterwards, Michael attacking them... All in the trailers. I mean, again, folks, 
you gotta you gotta avoid some of that stuff if you really want to go into the movie and be surprised or to be intrigued by what's going on on screen you have to avoid some of that stuff because they will give you all of it before you ever even show up to the theater especially if you go looking for it on youtube and stuff you can piece the whole movie together almost beat by beat thought this was interesting michael jumping on the car this is sort of a re recreation of what happened in 78 with him and Marion. That was interesting, you know. If it was me, yeah, I would have been... That car, I would have already been a mile down the road, jumped, jumped in that driver's seat. You see Marion firing all those shots and you sort of know what's coming, you know. I'm going to let this this whole sequence here play out and then we'll we'll discuss it. Brutal kills. Brutal kills of both characters there. Yeah. This right here is This reaches maximum level of campiness. And it got a pretty good laugh in my theater, which I don't think was the intended response. I mean it is cool to see like Michael right here, this tilting up shot of him. This is a great shot of Michael right here. Great shot. I don't think Lindsay thought that all the way through. So this this whole sequence of events here with uh, him stalking Lindsay through the woods, this is some of the best stuff in the movie to me. This is really a recall to back to 1978 with Michael stalking in the darkness and the shadows. You hear his breathing. This is classic Michael Myers right here. And you don't you would think you get a ton of this stuff in the sequels, but you really don't. This is this is really good stuff here. And I'll sort of let this play out for you here. If you haven't seen it in a while, this is good stuff.
I will say I I thought for sure Lindsay was dead here, but this is great t- tension. This played well in theaters very well. Great shots of Michael here with the <clears throat> the the light flowing the moonlight flowing off the water onto him and the mass this blue light it's all really good. So the guns, the guns and the cars, it's it's sort of just a horror movie cliche. I don't love it. You know, I it. You know, I don't know how much I can say about it. The 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 girl jumping out of the car with a gun and not showing back up till both her husband and Marion were dead, and then she shoots the gun in just all these random spots. Doesn't even come close to hitting Michael, and then her getting killed by him kicking the door. Hitting the gun, turning the gun, shooting in her head. A little ridiculous, campy. I mean, it is a cool kill. It's an awesome kill, but I don't know. I feel like they could have thought all of that through just a little bit better and made it a little less campy. It's not terrible, but I, you know, I've seen worse in, in this franchise alone, but... I do like Karen's struggle to tell. I mean, how do you tell her? How do you tell your mother that her 40-year plan failed and he's still alive? So I do kind of like that inclusion of that. I do like this, remembering her dad and it sort of making her sad. She she did a phenomenal job there. That's that's good stuff. Again, I just wanted to see a little bit of a little bit more of you know, our father, my husband is dead. I think that would have a little bit more of an impact. I get that there there's no time to grieve much but that was a that was a good little inclusion with her sort of just you know thinking about her dad all this stuff again like i said in the trailers they showed all this stuff i think it spoiled it for a lot of people if i was cameron i would get out of this skirt i think i've never really realized he's still in this freaking skirt from halloween 2018 Obviously, they're wearing the mask, the silver shamrock mask from Halloween 3. It's not the silver shamrock mask. I know people think, oh, is there, you know, is it silver shamrock? Are they tying them in together? No, it's just an Easter egg. People, calm down. I love the way they do this. I love the the Michael's framing of the the characters and people seeing the after effects their their reactions here are very good Lonnie's reactions but they just showed it all in the freaking trailers I 
that that drives me nuts to no end. Lindsay here, I mean, it's not really, I don't think he attacked her again. I think he probably just walked away, but, and she was just sort of crawling out of that mud and realizing that everybody in that car with her is dead. I don't think he attacked her there again. I do like the stuff between Lori and Frank here. Those are two really good characters, great actors, and, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, oh well now I'm blanking on <laughs> blanking on the actor's name good lord Will Patton excuse me Will Patton love Will Patton you know I'm really glad that he lived I, I really am I think he's he's good in this movie it doesn't have a lot to do obviously I think he'll be good in the ends. I hope he will be. I like this. So we know they have a past beyond just what happened on in 1978 obviously the inclusion of Ben Tramer there which who we know from the original movie it was in Halloween 2 as well obviously the guy who got hit by the car but not canon <laughs> I like that. That I really liked that line in the theaters too. That's I thought that was pretty funny. It was just natural humor there. That's pretty good. It's about time. Yeah, and I like the them playing off each other. They're both very good. Good inclusion to the movie. I'm really hoping it ends, it continues that relationship. Bracket, I thought, was completely wasted in this movie. I don't really know that you needed to bring him back, but if you did, I think he just got lost in the shuffle of all the other characters. I like the inclusion of Oscar's mother here, but what what's going to happen in just a little bit, I thought, again referencing what I've said before it's a little dumb 
Uh, they just leave the morgue open for her to see her son. See, like, right here, if you're this sheriff, if you're any of these cops, you have to stop what's happening right now. And they don't make much of an effort. Like, this this sheriff right here is just watching it. You have to stop this. He's making an effort here, but it's not much of one. You know the people make fun of the evil dies tonight stuff. We'll get we'll get into it a little bit later. I wish Tommy and Lori would have had a little bit more of a a moment together before before this. It, it felt a little rushed. The character of Tommy never really gets many more moments besides that little bit in the opening. He never really gets much more of a moment to just sort of settle in and talk to Lori. This movie just the pacing jumps around a little bit and it, and it shows in some areas like the character of Tommy Doyle, I think, and how little he was utilized um, in an effective way, I guess I should say. And and that's just my opinion. I love... Um, I love that they brought the character back. And, and I love that... Um, I love the way they portrayed him as somebody who wants to fight against Michael because of what happened in 78. Um, but I just don't know that they executed it exactly right. And I really like Anthony Michael Hall. I love Anthony Michael Hall. He's in some of my favorite movies of all time. Great actor. I like the choice to include him. I, you know, I know they originally approached Paul Rudd to return as the character. I thought that made zero sense, and I'm glad it didn't happen. Look, he's not—he's not, he's not a, a, a a Tommy Doyle from this timeline. It would have completely confused people. I think if he would have showed up. Um, and I again, I think Anthony Michael is a great actor. So I just think they didn't execute it quite correct. Quite correctly, I'm sorry. I don't think they executed it the way they thought they were going to.
and this is when you know that this these 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 two guys are they're screwed. <laughs> you pretty much knew it from the beginning anyway, though. But again, I thought they did a pretty good job in this movie. I, I thought they would be overly comedic, and they really weren't. Didn't bother me. This is pretty eerie stuff. Um, again, building some pretty good tension here. I would have almost really loved it if like the power to the house would have been cut or something. We could have got a little bit more darkness in here. Again, we were building pretty good tension, and now we're cutting back to a little storyline here that just doesn't really lead anywhere. And that always bothers me a little bit in movies and you know TV shows when 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 they do things like that. Do really feel bad for this patient, though. I mean, that's you know, it is horrible what happens to this guy. It's just at least he dies for no reason. <laughs> Yeah, the little evil dies tonight there. Like the chant, I'm good with, but them continuously saying it over and over in the movie gets a little, little annoying.
you know, you do really feel like this is something that could happen, though, especially in today's day and age with the mob mentality that people seem to have as a society. So I get it from that point of view. It's just, it should lead to something in the movie. And it just really, I feel I feel like it doesn't. Again, building good tension. I still feel like it could be a little darker in here. So, you know, so you couldn't see as much. You know, is he in this shadow? Is he in this shadow? But it's not bad. I mean, the way the walls are painted, the lighting in this house, it is still a little, little dark, you know. I mean, this is just, this guy gets one of the most brutal deaths in the whole movie. Knife to the armpit and then eyes gouged out. That's rough. Horrible way to go. I like the shot of Michael and the music cue. I don't really know that I love the you've come home line. It seems a little, it's kind of like the boogeyman, you know, the way it's delivered in the flashback. It's a little on the nose, but I like that we don't see that guy get killed. Listen, we don't have to see everybody. There's, there can be some stuff like in the original that's left up to the imagination you know, sometimes the aftermath of what Michael has done is a little more frightening than seeing him do it, you know? It it feeds into that mystique of the character, which I've talked about so much. And you know, something else about this scene, we know where Michael is right now. We know that he's not here. We know they're chasing the wrong person. So, any suspense beyond are they going to kill this guy or not is gone. Because we know where Michael is right now. And obviously she's about to see her son in the morgue. Don't think it makes a lot of sense that they would just leave him there out in the open. I don't think hospitals do that, but I don't know. It's a small thing.
I'll give it to Karen for for trying. She did try. She tried pretty hard. I feel like there's got to be more cops than this than Haddonfield. I feel like you would have already called in a, a neighboring police department. I mean, they absolutely just lose control of this crowd. And I remember watching this for the first time in theaters, not knowing what's going to happen for the most part. I mean, you know Michael's not, you know they're not going after Michael. You know where Michael is, so you know that. So now we're getting into going back to the flashbacks, Hawkins explaining some stuff. I like this. That Loomis looks great. And now we're about to see that they were going to execute Michael on the spot. Loomis was. And Hawkins stops him. It's interesting. I like that addition. I like that Loomis was going to just execute him on the spot instead of sending him back to a hospital where he could break out again. I I love that inclusion. I thought that that was uh, a really good story point that was um it was true to the spirit of the character of loomis so cool addition and i like that hawkins stopped him because it gives it gives hawkins some more you know it adds to his character But going back to my point, I remember watching this for the first time in theaters, thinking this is just, this is going off course. I remember even on first watch thinking this is going off course pretty good. And I I don't think people are going to like this and I don't really care for it myself, which is not good on a first watch. Not good on any watch, but especially on the first one. If they could have utilized this whole what's happening right now for like if Karen could have saved this guy, got him out, and then maybe Lori, instead of feeding into the fire of the mob, could have stepped up and said, hey, guys, look, you got to stop chasing this guy. It's the wrong guy. 
you have to be focused if you want to get Michael. And then we would have went into what happened later in the movie with the mob. I think that would have been a lot better. I think that would have been more well-received. I, I really would have enjoyed that a little bit better. But again, it's all in the execution, you know. And I will say, I genuinely feel bad for this guy. I mean, it, it does provoke an emotional response, What what's, what happens here. But, again, it doesn't mean anything if it doesn't lead to anything. If it doesn't tie into the rest of the, the story very well. And it, and it just doesn't, in my opinion. You know, again, this this whole thing, it, it, it evokes an emotional response. It does. They succeed there. It's just that, like right here, it's not him. It's not him. Well, we have just wasted, I don't know, 20 minutes of the movie? 25, 30 minutes of the movie, maybe? Even more, maybe? Going back to the bar scenes? And the thing is, they're saying, you know, now he's turning us into monsters. So you would think, okay, so they're learning something from this. But then they set up a trap for the real Michael Myers in just a little bit. So they still are just going after people. Now, obviously, we know that it's the real Michael when they go after him. But still, it's, I don't know, it just doesn't, nothing comes from it. Nothing more. So now we're showing that how Hawkins got out of, you know, prosecution for shooting his partner.
I do like that. I like that Frank establishes this. This is a good reason for him to live and for for Allison to explain some earlier in the movie. Michael was not there because he was after Lori. He was carried there, brought there. I'm not really sure what the importance is of adding in the whole, you know, he's headed home, he's going home. I'm not really, you know, I'm not really sure what they're going for. Not a big deal, but again, it's just the randomness of Michael. Now we can sort of look back at this point and and see that a big chunk of this movie was, I I, I don't want to say wasted time, but it's almost what it was on a plot point that went really nowhere. Um, And I kind of hate that. I kind of feel like you could have used that time a lot better um, and executed things a little bit better, but. That's just kind of how it happened. So Lonnie's about to come to his demise. I like the character. I like the character in the movie. I think. The actor did a good job. And I like that they sort of brought Cameron back. Uh, you know, I like that he wouldn't just, you know, used for what he was used for in the first movie and nothing more. I do like his inclusion in this movie, and he's a good character in this movie. As well as Allison, who, uh, you know, I think she's done a, a really good job through the first two movies. <clears throat> 
we'll see her progression in ends. I'm very interested to see her progression four years later after this night. I thought this was uh, a really strong point in the film. Everything that happens here um, with the tension and the, again, now you see the house in full darkness. I think it works a little bit better for the, the character of Myers and again, building the tension. Where is he now? You know, less places in the house are brightly lit. So he could be in a lot of places and we wouldn't know it. I, I love this. I love how Michael. I don't mean to laugh at this. It is seems a little dark to laugh at it, but I like that he did set up the couple there as in their picture and played a record. I mean, you think about Michael doing all that, but it harkens back to the first movie. He is creative. He is, you know, he's not brain dead. It's eerie, you know. It's creative. I like it. I I think that's true to the character of Michael. Really know what the significance of pulling this knife out is? I guess she uses it, but... I mean, you do have a shotgun. It's a little bit more effective than a knife.
I do like how he was ready to go, and then the minute he sees Michael, he it evokes a very frightened response. I mean, he is a and I love the little stabs that just do not work there. You know, we're going back to full force brute Michael, brutal Michael here. I mean, Cameron, <laughs> Cameron gets a pretty rough one. And I like how she's trying to antagonize him to get him off Cameron. The actors do a great job in this scene. It's a good shot of Michael. I love this right here. Him turning back to him, realizing he's still alive. That's brutal. I like that she's doing what she's doing. I think, you know, everybody's like, why don't you keep going? Why don't you keep going when this first came out in theaters? But when you see the plan they set up, I, I realize this is a pretty good setup here. I like I love this this stuff right here. Setting him up. This right here, you see the, the the shot of the knife, he starts walking, you hear the classic Halloween music music cue. You're about to get a really cool, you know, walk through scene here of him walking through the darkness maskless, but you don't see anything and just the music here James Duke Courtney's walk. You're, you're seeing him walk through all these. This looks like classic 1978 Halloween with these shots. The music. This is great stuff. I, when I first saw this in the movie, I was like, this is, this is pretty epic. I love this. The lighting playing off of him. 
I mean, I know this is getting into some nerdy stuff, but this is just it's that's classic like Carpenter Halloween stuff right there, and I I love it. And James Hugh Courtney just does a phenomenal job. I don't like how much we we're seeing of his face throughout all this. Like right there. That's too much, I think. This is a little too on the nose for me. I don't love him saying that line there. Now this is where I get a little... I love this right here. That music cue... Him picking up the mask, this this music from 2018. Like Michael is not, he's not afraid. I mean, he's he's gonna be Michael Myers no matter what. Now I will say, what I don't like about what all is about to happen, they ramp up the tankiness of Michael Myers in this movie. What I mean by that is, he's getting shot, he's getting stabbed, he's getting beaten, he's getting up from everything. When you do that, you're starting to flirt with that line between man and supernatural. Is he just a man or is he supernatural? Well, it's hard. It's really, really hard to start. I mean, right there, he took five, you know, five shots straight to the, you know, the upper body at close range. And now he's getting beaten, beaten. He's going to get stabbed. But when you start to do stuff like this, you start to play a little too close of that line between is he a man or is he supernatural? And that line has always been perfectly in the middle. We don't know. Some stuff suggests he's supernatural. Some stuff suggests he's a man. It's the way that they talk about him that flirts with that line of supernatural. You know, he's he's not just a man. They refer to him as it instead of him most of the time. But when you do stuff like this, when Michael can literally just take everything and anything and anything. I mean, 2018, I thought, did a pretty good job. There was some stuff that happened. I mean, he got hit by a car, shot, stabbed. But there's always been sort of this feeling that you know and she's saying here he he's more than just a man he's transcends and that's the way it should be the character should build him up that way but i think that you shouldn't flirt too close with that line and showing us what happens to michael there's always been like i was saying in 2018 in the original he can take a little bit more than what a normal man could take but you think well okay that could just be the evil in him driving him and driving him and driving him but he may not be necessarily supernatural. Well, when you do what they just did in this movie with all the stuff he just took, a pitchfork to the back, stabbed, shot multiple times, beaten, um, I think you play a little too close to that line, in my opinion. And that's just my opinion. I like that he gets up and you know just kills everybody. I mean, that's cool, but... And you get some cool shots. You know, Brackett, you saw him get killed just a second ago. Again, sort of seems like a waste of the character in this movie, I felt like. 
So Karen seeing, you know, the little version of Michael in the window there, I'm not really sure what that's supposed to signify, but it's there. I don't know. I like this, the, you know, them looking into, into each other's eyes and Tommy sort of realizing, you know, he got me. He got me. The thing I've been scared of my whole life, he got me. Again, I just felt like Tommy never really got a big moment to be Tommy Doyle before we saw him just jump into action. I'm not going to say it was a waste of the character, but I think he start, it certainly could have been executed a little bit better, the, the, just the character of Tommy in this movie. Now, what happens here in the ending with Karen and Michael just appearing behind her? I don't mind it. I, I think that the dialogue by by Lori is, is pretty good. Again, you're sort of fitting into that. Is he supernatural? Can, can he just disappear and reappear somewhere? Did he walk in a back door somewhere? What is the timeline of what just happened with the mob and what? is happening in real time here. We don't know. But I really felt like Karen was going to get killed here. I I really thought she would be killed in this movie. I'm not I'm not surprised. Alright, um, so pausing the movie now, um, that's the end of Halloween Kills. Um, yeah, so with the ending there, my biggest thing is, you know, by the end of this movie, people watching it, especially the general audience, are like, well, my gosh, how, I mean, how do you kill him now? Because, and that's why I think that they should have... S- slowed up with some of the the mob beating him there at the end and the i really felt like it would have been cool if like there would have only been one truck there with lights on and maybe the lights would have turned off for a minute and reappeared and michael was gone before they started beating him up and then maybe the mob had to split up to to chase him and that's where michael got some of the kills and maybe he took some damage there too but i just feel like after all that now the general audience you could start to lose them because they're like, well, how do you kill them at this point? And, you know, maybe they could have killed them there, but there was some incompetence shown by some of the characters, you know, especially with like guns. Like I mentioned, people seem to misfire or shoot too much and run out of ammo. Um, you know, I don't love in horror movies, how they utilize guns. I've, I've said that here before, but I, I, I just, I think, you know, it, it's hard. I know it's a fine line to walk, not just with that, but just with the character of Michael in general, um, because he has to wear a little bit of plot armor, right? He has to. But 
I don't know, with it happening like that so close to the end of the movie, by the end of the movie, I think the audience is like, I'm exhausted and I don't know how you, you kill him. And, you know, I think they could have set up some better ways for him to not be put in such vulnerable, a vulnerable position. Um, maybe outsmarted the crowd um, before they could beat him down like that. But I don't know. I, I, so, so here's my thoughts on Halloween Kills. There's large parts of this movie that I really enjoy. The, the whole flashback sequence, everything from the flashbacks, awesome. Perfectly executed, loved it. Except for, like I said, the one little line from Lonnie, the, the boogeyman. And it, it's not the line. I like the line. Again, it's the boogeyman, the mystique of the character. It, it's true to the story. I don't like the delivery of it. Looking straight into the camera, focusing, you know, zooming in on his face, the boogeyman. I don't really love that. But... Besides that, everything else in the flashback I thought was absolutely perfect. Um, I like a lot of the kills. There, there are some tense moments, like when Michael's in the house with Allison and Cameron, uh, when he's uh, stalking the couple in the Myers house, even though it's from their point of view. Um, the stalking of Lindsay in the in the woods. Um, some stuff there towards the end I really liked. And then there's some dislikes, right? Which I went through during the movie, so I'm not going to rehash all of those. Um, I would say overall, so far, I liked 2018 better. Um, but I can watch Halloween Kills and have a really good time with it. I think that I'm a person who doesn't mind some of the campy stuff they did with it. Again, the movie got very serious at times. It got campy at times. I think they needed to pick one and roll with it. Obviously, for me, I think they should have picked the serious route and stuck with it, but not serious in terms of you know, the mob mentality, overarching themes. Um, found a different way to be serious with it um, and probably leaned away from some of the campiness stuff. Listen, Halloween Kills is a slasher movie. Um, it is for all intents and purposes. Um, so if that's what you're into, you will really like it. If you're more into the theater of the mind, um, you know, sort of more of the, what they did in the original where there's more stalking than killing and, you know, building up the mystique of Michael, you may not care for it as much. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie. I've heard a lot of people, again, call it a horrible movie. Don't agree with that at all. Um, I, I don't agree with that at all. And and I think that that's over, you know, it's overdoing it uh, a bit. My biggest thing is how will what happened in Halloween Kills affect Halloween Ends, right? Because Halloween Kills could be elevated by what happens and ends if if it's executed right, if they play off of stuff that happened in kills, uh, if you just move forward four years and do a hard reset and everything's, you know, nothing has come from this movie. I think people will look back on this movie with even more of a, a negative lens. So what happens in the ends affects it, right? The, the, the third act of a play always affects what happened in the second act. Always. Um, you know, so um, I'm, I'm interested to see 
I'm interested to see, you know, how ends is going to play out and, you know, wrap up some stuff from kills and how those movies play off of each other. Overall, guys, though, I don't like this movie as much as 2018, although I do enjoy this movie for what it is. I, 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 I will say it's a better than a lot of the other Halloween sequels, I will say for sure for me. Um, I'm definitely still all in on this timeline. I think this is a better alternative so far. You can disagree with that if you want to, um, but I will just say you probably haven't watched Halloween 5 and 6 or Halloween H2O and Resurrection in a while, if that's what you're saying, Uh, because I think this is definitely a better road to go down than those. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens and ends. I'll get more into it um, as we get closer to the release. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. All right, guys, I hope that you have enjoyed yourself. I hope that maybe I've sparked some discussion in your mind about Halloween kills and Halloween franchise overall. Uh, are you excited for Halloween ends? Let me know. Um, we're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us there. I'd love some, uh, to get some interaction with you guys. Uh, let me know what you think. And I'm really, really looking forward to um, to Halloween ends, and and I, you know, hopefully um, when I come back to do the review on that, um, we will we'll be talking good things, not bad things. So looking forward to it. All right, guys, this has been Ticket Stubs and Cassette Tapes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time.